everyone. Welcome to another episode of I Don't Finish a Drama, I Start It. As always, I'm your host, Nini. To stay up to date on the latest happenings with the show, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at IDFTD underscore podcast. In today's episode, we're heading back to Jumadung for episodes four through six of the NBC Netflix drama Tomorrow. Of course, with the recent news about Netflix updating their password sharing policy, this might be the first and last Netflix K-drama I ever recap and review. Once again, I'd like to offer a trigger warning as the show focuses on Grim Reapers and their job in dealing with suicide. If you or anyone you know is struggling, please reach out to the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline at 988. Now let's get into it. Episode 4 picks up where we left off at in Namgung Jesu's story. Now, if you remember the rules that Gudon outlined in previous episodes, the Reapers are not allowed to interfere with human lives. And obviously, that is exactly what all three of them do. Im Myung-gu stops Jesu when he starts walking into traffic, and Gudon and Che Junoon interfere in the past with Jesu's dad when he attempts to swerve his truck into a semi. Now, I guess Jesu's dad never ended up dying, or at least not when he was a kid since them saving him didn't mess up the future. So I'm a little confused as to how the past timeline changed to Jesu's father possibly dying at that moment, but it's never explained, so I guess I'm just gonna forget about it. Gudon talks Jesu's dad out of any rash decisions by helping him come to the realization that his family would probably rather be poor and have him by their side than be rich and have him gone. After that, she and Junyoung head to the aptly named Jumadung Chicken to find what I assume the Jade Emperor has left for them, which is all the ingredients to cook the fried chicken themselves. After completing that task, the pair, much to Gudon's dismay, don chicken onesies to deliver the food to Jesu, who has been reunited with his father in his mother's hospital room. On the box, Junoon writes the message, failure means you need to try again, which is something that Jesu of the present said to him a lot, as it was a special phrase from his father. As they are leaving the timeline, Junoon hears the date on a radio show and jumps out of the car to run to his old neighborhood. He finds his kindergarten self playing a game with his friends and quickly grabs the kid and runs to his house. He manages to catch up to his dad who is leaving for a month abroad just in time thanks to the intentionally poor driving of Kudan. And his past self says his goodbyes and Junung ends up taking a picture of his family. My assumption is that Junung's father likely never made it back from his work trip and he regrets not saying goodbye to him. We see the same family photo of just Junung and his mom before his father fades into the frame. I'm curious to find out if that action will have any effect on the future or not, since it's quite literally just a photo. As Gudan and Che Junung return to the present, they hand over a box of the fried chicken to Jesu, who, seeing the message on the box, immediately has his numbers drop into the green. After taking a bite, Jesu begins to cry because the chicken is so bad, and both Gudan and Imrangu refuse to try it to appease Junung. We then flash back to when Gudan is working for the escort team. She is in the process of chasing after a man named So Juwan. He had been convicted in a few essay cases, but was barely given any punishment, and Gudan goes after him pretty hard to make up for that. As she's about to escort him to what I can only assume is hell, Park Jung-gil appears and tells her that there's someone else she needs to be escorting instead. He leads her to a rooftop where they see a man on another building across the way about to jump. That man is the same one that Gudan had tried to save in the past. In the present day, the Jade Emperor is not happy with Gudan's decision to use her powers in front of humans. So, as punishment, she is forced to wear a ring that prevents her from using her powers for seven days. Despite Junyoung telling Gudan that she could punch him as punishment, she sends him away to get coffees for the team instead, and that's when they meet their next case. 
While at the coffee shop, a ghost named Ho Na Young appears out of nowhere, and obviously Junung is a little freaked out by that, but makes it clear that he can see her despite being a ghost. Ho Na Young antagonizes Junung until he acknowledges her, and then he begins to talk to her in the middle of this coffee shop, making him look like a complete weirdo. Turns out Ho Na Young was the woman who passed away earlier in the episode. When Park Joon Gil and his team show up to escort her away, she asks for more time to say goodbye to her husband, but it was refused. She ends up running away from the escort team and is desperate to see her husband one last time and knows that the risk management team can help her. At first, Gudon refuses and tries to convince Che Junung to send her back to the escort team. However, it turns out that conveniently, their next case is Ho Na Young's husband, so they need her to stick around anyway. When Park Joon-gil finds Gudon and she tells him that Ho Na Young is needed for their case now, he is absolutely furious. He nearly kills Gudon before eventually cooling down sort of, and walking away. Meanwhile, Che Junung and Im Young-gu are trying to help hide Ho Na Young away, and this is when we learn a little more about her story. She was a professional ballerina who had hit a low point in her life when she injured her ankle and had trouble continuing to dance. One day, she was sitting outside in the rain waiting for the bus when Kang Woo-jin, her husband and the team's next case, took pity on her and gave her his umbrella. After that, Ho Na Young had a chance encounter with Kang Woo Jin again when she saw him busking on the street. Just like during their first meeting, it began to pour and Ho Na Young gave Kang Woo Jin his umbrella back to shield him from the rain. Despite Kang Woo Jin's initial resistance, the two begin to hang out more frequently and eventually develop a romantic relationship. In episode 5, we get deeper into the pair's relationship and Kang Woo Jin's life. Ho Na Young is the one to propose by offering Kang Woo Jin a ring and asking to be the one to make the flowers on his tree bloom. During a therapy session with everyone's favorite Dr. Ku, we learn that Kang Woo Jin feels like he is entirely at fault for Ho Na Young's death, despite the car accident being caused by a truck driver falling asleep at the wheel. Ho Na Young tells the team that his guilt stems from the terrible things that occurred during his childhood. Kang Woo Jin's mother died giving birth to him, and it was something that his father never let him forget. Then, when he is still young, his father ends up dying as well, leading him to be in the care of his aunt and uncle. While things in that family seem to be going great for him, they don't last long as his aunt, uncle, and cousin all die in a car accident when he was in high school. Kang Woo Jin blames himself for everyone's death and, determined not to live much longer himself, is eventually saved by a song playing on the radio. The song includes lyrics about being lonely and not giving up and inspires him to live another day. Coming across the same group he performs with in the present, Kang Woo Jin asks the guitarist for lessons and eventually finds comfort in music. After the car accident, his hand becomes injured, which adds more despair onto what he is already feeling. While the risk management team is searching for Kang Woo Jin, who is no longer in his hospital bed, the escort team is searching for Ho Na Young. The two teams intercept one another at the hospital, and with Im Rung staying behind to fight Park Chung Gil off, the rest go in search of Kang Woo Jin. We also learn in the middle of all this that the flashbacks we are witnessing from the Joseon period are from Imrangu's past, and that Park Jung-gil, Gudon, and Imrangu all have a very intertwined history with one another. In order to better find Kang Woo-jin, Gudon enters into a Reaper's Guarantee responsibility contract with Park Jung-gil. This means that in exchange for Park Jung-gil leaving Ho Na-young to the risk management team, Gudon agrees to do whatever he asks. Kang Woo Jin, however, is determined to evade everyone as it turns out that he has even more guilt over the accident thanks to Ho Na Young's choice of turning the car to sacrifice herself instead of Kang Woo Jin, who would have been the initial victim of the oncoming truck. Just as they find him, he jumps from the balcony and Gu Deon has to leap off the side as well to grab a hold of him. 
The effort being used by Gudon to hold on to Panglu Jin is affecting her abilities, causing immense pain for her and for her hand to start turning black due to the ring she is wearing. Eventually, Honayoung reaches out to them and this sends both her and Panglu Jin to the Jade Emperor's garden to have a little chat. She convinces him to continue living his life well and to practice music and tells him that she will still be waiting for him whenever his time is up. After that, we see Kang Jin clean up their apartment, we see his tree-like plant bloom flowers, and he returns to music, seemingly doing just what Ho Nayang wanted of him. Later on, Chae Junung returns to the office to find Kudong writing up a report about the incident for the Jade Emperor. She tells him that those who are attached by the Red String of Fate are destined to find one another again in every single iteration of life that they are in. When he asks her if there's any way for that cycle to break, she says the only way for someone to separate themselves from those they are destined to meet is to take their own life. A statement that clearly affects her. Episode 6 is the first episode where the story is said and done in one take and nothing goes wrong. It is also an absolute tear fest. The risk management team's next task is to work with the escort team on the case of a 91-year-old named Lee Yong-chu. The team's only job is to make sure he lives the final day of his natural lifespan. And also, because they love to drop bombs out of nowhere, we learn that Gudon has been a part of Jumadung since the Qin invasion of Joseon, or 1636, and Im Yong-gu wasn't far behind her. The team heads to Lee Yong-chu's house and decides to clean it up in order to help improve his mental state. They send Chae Junung out to gather cleaning supplies, and in the process, he ends up running into Lee Young Chun, who is using like an old wheelbarrow to collect trash to bring to the junkyard. While helping Lee Young Chun carry his cart of trash around, they run into a group of gangsters who are not so nice to the grandpa and start throwing his trash around. Despite Chae Junung being told not to interfere, he eventually does and gets into a physical fight with a group of men. Both him and Eung Chun return to find Gudon and Imrangu waiting for them outside the house, and Gudon automatically tells the grandpa that they are Grim Reapers and that he's going to die tomorrow. Although shocked, Eung Chun takes the news rather well, but seems to be more concerned about dying alone, which he says happened recently to one of his neighbors. The team is determined to help make Eung Chun's last day in the land of the living a fun one, so when he insists on continuing to collect trash, they all go with him. When they get to the junkyard to sell the trash, the grandpa learns that the owner of the junkyard is having a hard time keeping up with the rising real estate prices and those that are greedy for the land, so he is going to sell the junkyard soon. In a final act of kindness, Eung Chun refuses to take any payment and gives the man his savings as well and tells him to buy things for his kids. With everyone back at Eung Chun's house, he begins to reflect on his life in his final hours. Eung Chun is a Korean War veteran. Despite only being a young teenager or in his early 20s, he signs up to fight for his country. As is the case with most who enlisted, he finds the battlefield and the gruesome things he witnesses during the war to be more than he ever expected. Eung Chun quickly learned not to get attached to anyone, but becomes close with another member of the army named Dong Chiu. Unfortunately, Dong Chiu loses his leg during an airstrike and at the time greatly resents Eung Chun for saving him. When Eung Chun finds him shortly after the amputation, Dong Chiu yells at him and tells him to never show his face in front of him ever again. And Eung Chun just reminds Dong Chiu of how desperate he was to go home and see his mother before leaving. When Eung Chun returns from war, life certainly does not get easier. He finds his home destroyed and his mother nowhere to be found, and he also suffers from PTSD, which prevents him from studying any further or getting a decent job. Picking up waste through the city and selling it for money turned out to be the only job he could really accomplish from then on. This leaves Eung Chun feeling like his life was meaningless, and after stepping outside for some fresh air, Gudon shows him what his sacrifices have helped accomplish. 
she teleports them to a building high up in the skyline of Seoul and shows them all the bright lights from the skyscrapers and other parts of the bustling city that he's never seen before. She tells him, rightfully so, that if he never made the sacrifice to fight for his country, then they would not be where they are today and would instead be living very different lives. He is completely awestruck by this and his changing sentiment on his time serving even grows when Che Junoon tracks him down to show him a news article about Dong Chil. The article celebrates Dong Chil who is still alive and Dong Chil even credits Lee Young Chun with helping him stay alive and live a good life. Numerous people on the internet are also honoring what Lee Young Chun has done. Touched by his story, Gudeon tries to ask the Jade Emperor for a good passing, however the Jade Emperor just fights back that everyone is treated fairly. In the end, Park Chung-gil, who was also present on the battlefield alongside Lee Young Chun, comes to escort him away. The entirety of Jumadung is outside to pay their respects, and the Jade Emperor tells Lee Young Chun that Jumadung would not exist without him. After a moment of silence, Lee Young Chun transforms into his newly enlisted self and meets his mother in the Jade Emperor's garden. They reunite, and she tells him that she is a hot meal waiting for him, and they disappear. And of course, this is when Tomorrow tries to stick the humor in. The episode closes out with the Jade Emperor and Chae Junoon watching over Lee Young Chun's reunification with his mother. After a brief discussion on whether Chae Junoon is still upset by seeing Lee Young Chun go, he turns to the Jade Emperor to desperately ask for some Reaper powers. She just leaves him standing there snapping his fingers like an idiot. Honestly, I wasn't the biggest fan of episode 4 and 5, but I did love episode 6. It felt like the story of Ho Na Young and Kang Woo Jin dragged out for way too long for it to just be resolved in a short, maybe 5 minute conversation. Maybe Park Joon Gil should have just let her have the extra time when she first asked for it. And also, as soon as I saw Kang Woo Jin's face and I heard his voice, I was like, yes, that is winner's Kang Soon Yoon. So I'm very glad that I was right in spotting that. However, I do like how the show is displaying people from all different walks of life who are dealing with all different issues. It's not just all about bullying or anything, but it shows that hardships can come from failing too many times or being surrounded by death and feeling like you're to blame. Despite its poorly timed humor, Tomorrow is doing an excellent job at keeping it real. And again, sometimes humor does come when it's least expected. Like I personally did find the fried chicken being terrible to be absolutely hysterical. However, I'm not sure that would cheer me up in that situation, so how it helped Jaysu's numbers go down, I'll never understand. Episode 6 was fantastic. Nothing went wrong. I don't even think that Lee Young Chun was that upset by anything. It was just a really nice reprieve from the constant struggle of chasing after someone who was at the end of their rope. That being said, I did think it was the saddest episode so far. It was really upsetting to see the life that Lee Young Chun had lived and how he didn't even realize until the very end what his sacrifices were even for. But nevertheless, I'm glad we got there in the end. It was also probably the most, for a lack of better word, human we've seen the Reapers act. Even Park Chung Gil was on his best behavior and Gudon was definitely affected by that. I'm still super curious to learn more about everyone's past and as Chae Junoon gets more settled with the risk management team, I know that that will probably be the hardest goodbye we have to make. And on a final note, I would like to say that Imran Gu did not have his alarm go off once. It must be nice for him to get all of this screen time, though his fight scenes could have been a bit better. Well, we are now close to being halfway through, so I expect the developments to come and hit us a lot more quicker from here on out. Stick around for next week as we find out what happens in episodes 7 through 9 of tomorrow. This has been I Don't Finish a Drama I Start It. Have a great weekend.